Welcome to the May 9th, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly. I'll be your host today. Today we will be reading Proverb 9, but before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for everyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you would give them ears to hear and a heart to receive everything that you have in store for them today. Lord, I pray that you would give them new revelation today of how much Jesus loves them. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverb 9, beginning with verse 1. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live, and go in the way of understanding. He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer, lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself, and if you scoff, you will bear it alone. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing, for she sits at the door of her house on a seat by the highest places of the city to call to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant, but he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of hell. We are going to key in on verse 10, and that is, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. This goes along with Proverb 1-7 that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So if you put those two things together, it basically is telling us we are to have a reverential fear of the Lord. Absolutely awesome. We will come back to this verse a little bit later. Today... I have already introduced you to Jesus in a previous podcast, 
And today, Jesus is on the cross. I want you to try to picture this. He has already been arrested. He has already been to Pilate. The Jews have already said to Pilate, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate has said, it, our, his blood is going to be on your hands. I find no fault in him. He did not want this to happen. However, he succumbed to the Jews. He finally gave in. So at the time, Jesus picks up his cross. He starts walking up the Villa Della Rosa. He's taking his cross all the way outside the city of Jerusalem because at that time, criminals were not allowed to be hung on a cross within the city limits. You had to go outside the city limits. So Jesus is on the cross. There are uh, uh, two thieves that are next to him on his left and on his right. And that is where we pick up in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, and we are now on verse 32. There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. So there has always been a lot of speculation is who are the them that Jesus is talking about. And we could probably say he's talking about Pilate. He is talking about the Jewish leaders who caused this to happen. He probably is talking about the Romans and the Roman soldiers who were responsible for bringing him in and arresting him. I venture to say he also is talking about each one of us. Because when Jesus died on the cross, even though he was sinless, we were not. And even though we hadn't been born yet, he died on the cross to forgive everyone of all time, all the sins of the world. Past, present, and future. Because if Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago, obviously our sins had not been created yet. We had not sinned because we weren't yet alive. And yet, Jesus died on a cross for our sins. One thing, one concept I want to introduce today is the idea that Jesus can be found in every book of the Bible. Now, I really want to say that again because for those of you who are not used to reading the Bible, this is a new revelation for you. What do you mean Jesus is found in every book in the Bible? 
Now, in every book in the Bible, I'm not saying that the name of Jesus is there, because it isn't. However, what I am saying is that something is happening in each book that symbolizes who Jesus is, that he was the Son of God, that he was the Redeemer for us, that he's the Healer, all kinds of names that Jesus is, it is in every part of the Bible, every book. And I'm going to show you really the best example of that, well, at least one very, very good example of that, and that is in the book of Acts chapter 7. Now, I want you to listen carefully to this because this is the first martyr in the Bible, the first person who has been literally killed after Jesus, okay? So we are beginning in verse 54. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and said, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. This sounds eerily similar to what Jesus just said in chapter 23 of Luke. This is the martyr Stephen. And listen to the words here. What he said cut to their heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. Guys, in the Bible, whenever you hear about gnashing at teeth, it talks about those who are already in hell or those that are going there. Sometimes in the Bible, and there will be gnashing of teeth. Guys, this is not who you want to be. These people were so upset with what Stephen was saying and basically, what Stephen was telling them is Stephen was going through the entire Bible up to that point. He talked about Moses, and then he talked about Jesus. He talked about Abraham, and they got so mad, they simply did not want to hear this, so they took him out 
of the city as well. This is really neat. Okay, so basically at this time, it's very interesting because in order for a person to be charged with this, there had to be two, at, at least two testimonies, two witnesses against him. So ordinarily what would happen is at this time they would dig a very deep pit that was about 12 feet deep, and the first person that came against him would push the condemned person into the pit. It's 12 feet down. And depending on whether that person was still alive, then what they would do is they would turn him over and then they would crush him with a large boulder, crushing his ribs. And at that time, if the person is still alive, then the entire congregation would pick up stones and throw them on the individual until he was dead. But I want to go back to verse 59. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Stephen is an example of Jesus. Now, throughout the course of the coming weeks and months, I'm going to show you other examples of someone representative of Jesus. Let's talk about the crucifixion for a little while. I didn't go into the gory details, but when you really look at the crucifixion, before Jesus had to pick up his cross and walk all the way up to Calvary, and a matter of fact, many of you know that Jesus didn't actually have to carry his cross. There was a, a Cyrenian who was actually told that he had to take the cross of Jesus because Jesus had been beaten so badly he was so hurt. A matter of fact, in Isaiah, it said he was marred beyond recognition. We can't even fathom how much Jesus had to pay. When they took the crown of thorns, at that time, the thorns that they put on his head were probably two to three inches long. I want you to try to look at what two to three inches long is. And what they did is they had a crown of thorns, they had all of these thorns, and they literally pushed that crown on his head. So you can almost visualize all of the blood that came out. This is really, really something. And the Passion of the Christ showed this to a certain extent, and yet... When you saw the Passion of the Christ, for those of you who watched that, still, you could still see that it was Jesus. So it was even probably a hundred times worse than we can even imagine. So anyway, that is who Jesus is. But I want you to notice in this, we go back to our friend Saul of Tarsus. Remember him? And it said, 
And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Guys, that is Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Before he became the Saint Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus. And remember, this right here is, chapter, is Acts chapter 8, and Acts chapter 9 is the portrayal of the road to Damascus where Saul of Tarsus was on the way to Damascus when the Lord appeared to him and he blinded him for three days. Remember that story we talked about? So, but before that happened, this is an example. So here they are stoning Stephen, and he watched them do that. And as the congregation is stoning Stephen, Saul is holding the clothes of the people stoning Stephen. And this, I believe is why the revelation of who Jesus was came to him. Because Stephen was a representative of who Jesus is. This is all I'm going to talk about today. It's very sobering when you think about this. Jesus has now died on a cross and for any of you who have yet to make that decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I sincerely hope that you will make that choice today. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the answer to any problem that you have here on earth, anything at all that you have going on in your life, he can solve your problems. Let's quickly go back to the proverb of the day today. Today we talked about Proverb 9, and I just want to go back to that because it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I want you to think about that. So that was Proverb 9, verse 10. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Friends, I have just explained to you the real Jesus. He was willing to die on a cross so that we could be set free from all of our sins. So please repeat this prayer after me. Father God, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to earth. You set a wonderful example of how we are to live our lives. You were sinless while you were on earth, and yet you were willing to die on a cross so that we could be forgiven of all of our sins. Thank you for saving me. Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Guys, if you said that 
prayer today, please send me a quick email at billkelly0807 at protonmail.com. And my name, Kelly, is K-E-L-L-E-Y. There is an E before the Y. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Please join me tomorrow as I have a special guest for you, and we will be interviewing someone. So please join me. Thank you. God bless.